previously on the Simply Human Podcast. If I ever use that on my wife, like, hey, we could move to this place where pigs are more important than women. I don't think that would fly. It's episode 20 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, what was that, Haley? On today's show. Extra co-host today. Thank She said thank you. Today's show. What did you say? Hugh. Whatever that means. (laughs) It's a conversation with researcher, author, and nutrition and exercise expert, Jonathan Baylor, very famous person. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with yours truly and Rick. The theme of today's segment will be Don't Be a Jerk. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Uh, as you can maybe notice, I'm, I'm getting over some uh, some mucus accumulation in my chest. And Your uh, voice sounds very throaty and very yes. sexy today. I'm going to compliment you on that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like the last time it snowed in Abilene, which was last month, you can like the Dr. Hansler interview and like when I read that that silly uh, snorkeling disaster, my throat sounded like this. It's like when it snows, my, my throat is just like, all right. Mucus accumulation began, and I feel fine. Like I, I actually, I took a few days to just sort of sleep, uh, but I never like ran fever or anything. So it's all, it's all good. It's like colder in Abilene, Texas, right now than it is in Sochi, Sochi, Russia, <laughs> where they're having the Winter Olympics. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Winter Olympics are, uh, are you know, are moderately uh, enjoyable. I like the things that are like timed like speed skating and downhill skiing the things that are judged in the men's figure yeah i don't get ice those. dancing things like that i don't know it's uh it's all sort of weird to me but even uh, like the snowboarding like i was watching uh, i guess the big i don't even know what you'd call it i guess men's snowboarding final last night where sean white didn't win i don't even know who that was until last night but <laughs> like uh, uh the, the guy that won did this thing the yolo the yolo flip word and like and yeah it didn't look got, it didn't look any different than any of the other things exactly <laughs> same as all the other ones and i'm yeah. watching with my wife and i'm like yeah i sure uh sure did flip around a bunch on that i don't uh and they're like diagramming it in real time like oh and yeah, I'm sure it's very it. technical, and I'm sure it's extremely, incredibly hard. But to me, like now, what was incredible to me is like uh, the skiers that jump off of the jumps and land backwards, and then ski oh, yeah. backwards. That's, that was pretty crazy to me. But well, my wife and I were watching Luge last night, and yeah. uh, first of all, they've got like Chris Collinsworth like <laughs> commenting on some of this, like, yeah, "Hey, he come knows. On, let's, let's yeah. go spend." Uh, I don't know if you find the world's foremost like luge expert. He's probably not like a million dollar a year guy, so you can probably get like a real luge guy to talk about yeah. it. But then they're t- like they're going down the track and they're sh- like switching camera angles so fast. Like, look at the determination in his, in his eyes. I know. I, 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 I heard that. Twenty miles an hour. All you see is just the, the helmet. Like a blur. Yeah, you can't. They're wearing a helmet. Like they, the, no part of that girl's face was in the open. And that guy was like, "Look at her eyes. She's so determined." <laughs> like, what? How can you even? Okay. And it's it's such a niche thing for like Americans because most of America doesn't live like in super wintry. Like, hey, let's go luging or curling like right. weather. So. Everyone I know that watches the Winter Olympics, like, you know, I'm a hockey guy. I've always played hockey. But, like, uh, aside from hockey, I don't have 
any idea about any of these period whatsoever yeah. and so it's just like watching like a novelty for three weeks yeah i love the seinfeld bit about the olympics and he talks about the luge it's like you could just pull someone out of the stands who doesn't even want to do the luge and the results would be the exact same <laughs> like like i don't want to even i don't want to do the luge like <laughs> bronze medal didn't even want to do it <laughs> like you're just like on a sled it's just <laughs> going down the thing i'm sure it's much more uh complicated than that yeah but. we're gonna get all, like all these emails from like all these angry losers <laughs> all these angry german losers yeah uh, yeah hmm. uh i am pleased to announce uh that and i'm so sorry if i misspelled or if i, if I mispronounced this name but it's, it's spelled t-u-a-n is the first name tuan i'm guessing and then n-g-o and i'm guessing that's n-go go like that um tuan go gave us a review and i'm i'm you know it's like one of those things you you hope it's uh someone you know like a legitimate review because we have like my my buddy gave us a review your review <laughs> before you became the official co-host and then i'm gonna read tuan's and it says five star review rating great well 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 we can shut it down from there yeah <laughs> you're welcome Mark. yeah yeah it says great edutainment aha uh-huh, i like that ah, that's good work and it says this podcast is a great reference for the quote lay person to understand what it takes to be a healthy human mark rogers is not selling a magic pill for weight loss or some gimmicky detox plan he just wants the truth out there that being a healthy human is just going back to our grassroots when processed foods gmos and a concept of a calorie did not exist which is you know that's uh, something that jonathan baylor talks about which we're going to talk to him about in just a minute but then it, it continues besides that i find myself laughing hysterically during the Humans Being Human segment every time, and that is what keeps me listening to every podcast. I love what you're doing out there, Mark. Keep up the good work. Thank you, and I love this, from one of your tens of many listeners, because we say that every now and then. So that's great. I'm hoping that was that was a real review, because at this point, it's like, it could just be someone, like one of our friends messing with us. Like, or, I think if it was one of our friends messing with us, though, it would be something you know way more ridiculous of a review. Yeah, sounds. and so I'm just... I, I'm I'm really hopeful and I'm appreciative. Hopeful that it, that was legitimate and really appreciative of Tuan and his. Sorry if I misspelled your name or mispronounced your name. I didn't misspell it because you spelled it here and I'm reading it from your you, spelling. You have derailed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and the the other thing we had a uh, we're gonna have a guest coming up uh, and maybe a, a series of guests that aren't necessarily experts on anything. They're just you know average humans trying to get through everyday life and trying to be healthy and. That was, uh, uh, I guess, instigated by a listener email that I got, and and we're gonna do it. And just like the other listener email we got that that mentioned the, uh, you know, maybe not to say the hilarious, another hilarious edition of the uh, humans being human. We I, we changed that to moderately funny. So so so. <laughs> All that to say, if you like write us and say, "Hey, why don't you do this?" We'll do. We'll probably do it. <laughs> Odds are, <Yeah. laughs> we will take your feedback because it's not exactly well. And you know, I'm looking forward to that part because of having you know normal people on here. Because I am not an expert. I am way out of my my depth of range, and so like you'll have these experts on there, and uh, you know, I'll be either I'm in on the interview or I'm listening afterwards because I couldn't do the interview with you, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm an idiot. <laughs> Like, I just need to talk to some regular people yeah. who, like, want to eat hamburgers and stuff. <laughs> so that's going to be my deal right there. Yeah. It's like me talking to some other human beings that don't eat bone broth and, you're, like, stuff like that that you do. You're going to line up all these guests we're going to have for, like, the next eight weeks from the bowling alley that you go to every <laughs> night. <laughs> I'm just going to recruit people that I meet at work. Yeah. Almost always people that are very interesting. Or, or people that, like,
like from the from the back seat of your cruiser. We can interview them. Like, <laughs> why are you drunk? Smoking crack. How awesome it is. Go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. I, I wholeheartedly endorse smoking crack cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. That that. If, if there's some way we could record uh, criminals and get that uh, get it on the podcast without you know it being illegal, that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. That's because I'm sure one. they would have great uh, input <laughs> on a lot of stuff. Hey, what do you think about bone broth? And they just let. let I think let, you're a jerk, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah, me, me, me. yeah, I would. Uh, I would have to be editing that quite a quite a lot. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I guess we do have to mention this because it is that this is going to be released on Valentine's Day. The, What's Valentine's Day? I don't the know. worst holiday in the history of fake holidays. Yeah. And my my four year old is like mouth open looking at me like I just punched her in the face because I just said Valentine's <laughs> Day was ridiculous so you know they had their Valentine's Day party at school today and it's like at what point it's like I'm looking at the size of these cupcakes relative to these little kids heads and these cupcakes are like you know half the size of these kids heads so proportionally you know, that's like that would be like me and you sitting down and eating like an entire cake at like, a jack o' lantern full of cake <laughs> at like nine thirty in the morning. Yeah, and then eating. Lunch. I just don't understand. Like, why can't we have like, or they, there were smaller cupcakes, but they also got that with the huge cupcake and a cookie. And I don't know. It's just it's uh, like a cupcake topped with smaller cupcakes. <laughs> on top. The topping is yeah. small, small cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, and Halen, yeah, you know, every now and then is kind of. It's, it's fine. I, you know, I was there and I was at the party and it was cool. And I'm, you know, my eyes twitching the whole time, but it was an enjoyable thing. But it's like, you just get to where that it's like, that turns into every day kind of a, oh, like we, like we talked about doctor with Dr. Ehrlich. It's like, oh, the sun came up. Let's celebrate with a jack-o'-lantern of ice cream. <laughs> That's going to be my new go-to image right there. It's me sitting down with a huge, I don't know why I picked a jack-o'-lantern, but like a jack-o'-lantern filled with ice cream. Something. Ice cream yeah. coming out of like the eye holes and the nose hole and stuff. Or you could just not have the face cut out and it would hold more Okay, cake. well then that would just be a pumpkin full of ice there. cream. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Does there you it go. More? It doesn't. There wouldn't be yeah. a head reference. What, Halen? True. Yeah, she's talking about cupcakes and heads. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's get on with this. Um, and you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page and YouTube channel, and uh, there's a Simply Human Kids page. Also, if you go to the contact tab and uh, fill out the form there, that's just an easy way to uh, send me an email uh, if you have question or something. <laughs> if you have question. If you have a question or something that you would like uh, answered on the show, follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52, or you could just email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com, or you can email Rick. Hey, <laughs> it's made a dinosaur noise. Um, at simplyhumanrick, all one word, at gmail.com. So, without further ado, here's Jonathan Baylor, where we talk about, well, Rick, I'm not really sure what exactly we're going to talk about because I'm interviewing him tomorrow. But I'm sure. Oh my gosh, the space-time continuum! <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure it's going to be great. So here's Jonathan. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today has registered more than 25 patents. He's analyzed thousands of studies. He's been endorsed by top doctors from Harvard, Yale, UCLA. He's a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. He's been on TV. He rescheduled this interview. So he could be on the Bethany show for crying out loud. It's the great Jonathan Baylor. And before I let Jonathan talk, I have to tell something to the listeners. Listeners, 
Jonathan could have done a number of things when we were when we reached out to him. He could have a ignored us, and that would not have been out of the question based on you know his credentials and his time. B, he could have uh, made a made a feeble attempt, and it ah, didn't work out. Okay, I tried. Thanks. Sorry, guys. Ignore. Not only did he not do that, he made absolutely every effort to reschedule and like I didn't have to prompt him and say hey remember we were going to do this thing he would email me every time and not only that he called us like three minutes early Jonathan how how in the world do you have time to be on the show and to be like so amazing such a gentleman and a scholar <laughs> well, well, thank you very much for your kind <laughs> words there, Mark. I uh, have to apologize. I actually only heard about half of what you said there at the beginning because uh, I'm, I'm having a little audio issue over here. But okay. what I heard sounded wonderful, <laughs> so I appreciate it very much. Yeah, you can listen to the uh, to the podcast maybe and just to hear that front that first part. I, I basically read your bio off of the BaylorGroup.com. So. <laughs> oh well, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay, so um, first question, we know your time is valuable and we want to get to uh, as many things as we can. We have our, our game plan and we're going to follow. So first question, who is Jonathan Baylor and how did you become a best-selling, best-selling author and all-around genius of life? <laughs> I was a very skinny kid and geeky kid and I still am kind of both of those things. <laughs> And you are I what you are. Become, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to become like my older, much more athletic brother. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I did what most folks do who want to get involved in fitness and health, and I became a personal trainer. And I read everything I could read. I took a bunch of supplements. I took a bunch <laughs> of weight gainers. And I paid my way through college by being a personal trainer. And I had a very, very unique experience in the sense that I was consuming about 6,000 calories per day. and my <laughs> Not clients, gaining weight. <laughs> yes. And my clients who were, I was, you know, my early 20s, late teens at this time, my clients were predominantly females over the age of 35 who I would tell, because this is what I was taught, to eat 1,200 calories per day and to exercise way more than I was exercising. And none of us achieved our goals. I didn't get bigger. They didn't get smaller. We all just got sick and sad. So I retired from being a personal trainer because I wanted to help people and I was actively hurting them. And I also, I was raised by two college professors. So in addition to just being like, like a geeky guy innately, I, I was raised in a very academic household. So I didn't want to give up my dreams of, of helping myself and helping others. So I said, you know, where am I getting my information from? And where are those people getting their information from? And where are those people getting their information from? Because there's got to be something missing here. And that took me back to the primary research. We're talking dense journal articles that you can't even read, even if you want to, unless you have access to academic libraries and things like that. And that set me on a path of over 10 years of just devouring this information because when I started reading it and seeing this disconnect between what I was taught as a trainer and what had been proven in the fields of like neurobiology and gastroenterology and endocrinology, I was just like, holy moly, someone's got to get this information out there. So I spent a long, long time synthesizing it and then hopefully sharing it with the world. That is good stuff. So what I guess... It so was the book sort of just a culmination of all of the things that you had learned and you're just like, okay, I've got to just get this in one place? Yeah, it's my attempt to say, 
Look, 50 years ago, we had some theories. The theories were that you should count calories. The theory was that fat made you fat. The theory was that protein didn't really matter so much and that like sugar wasn't really bad for you and you should eat a lot of starch. That was the thi- and you should do a lot of aerobic exercise. Those were the best science, quote unquote science, in retrospect, could offer 50 years ago. But could you imagine if we used the same telephones or computers or airplanes or surgical techniques that we used 50 years ago? We'd all be dead. Nonsense. But in the area where we need it the most, if you look at the obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and heart disease rates, we are being told the same information we were told 50 years ago. So it's not that that's like bad. And it's not that anyone's evil. It's just like, look, radical technological advancement has taken place in the areas of eating and exercise. This represents a synthesis of that modern research. Right. Now, now, just as a kind of a teaser for people who haven't read the book, The Calorie Myth, yet, uh, and what was interesting to me about it, I devoured the thing in like two days. It was an awesome book. But it's not, you know, your very typical diet book like eat this, don't eat that, uh, you know, cut out all of this kind of food group, cut out all of this. It's it's really more of like the way I look at it and I explain it to my wife, it's the way you set it out. is like your brain is a computer. You have this, quote unquote, the set point that that your body wants to maintain weight-wise and it's always going to be making adjustments to get to that set point up or down. And so it's just a matter of trying to reprogram your body computer. So that's a little teaser. I'm not uh, giving away the secret of the book, but that's a little teaser for people who are interested. But uh, you know, did, you know, don't want to read a diet book or about diet books. This is it's, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond uh, just you know your very typical you know eat this exercise this way type of book. It explains things in a way that people can get. Yeah, and I, sure. actually, my mom uh, is has struggled with di- two diabetes for a, quite a while, and they're actually here visiting this weekend. And she was given this thing from a, a, a very reputable hospital. You know, this is like from you know, this is the establishment. You know, giving her this thing, healthy. It's 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 titled Healthy Meals for Diabetes. And the first thing is is here's the six foods to eat: whole grain breads and cereals, bulgur wheat, brown rice, whole wheat pasta dry beans and peas and then fruits and vegetables hey there's one good and then it like it lumps in butter with margarine on the what not to eat it lumps in like bacon and cream and it's it's like this is still what they're handing out and it's like so that being said sort jonathan would you just sort of give a, a cliff's notes sort of a teaser on what what is the calorie myth and what is its message the calorie myth is, as, as Rick alluded to, is this idea that we need to consciously balance calories in, calories out. It's not that calories don't count or don't exist. The calories do count. If you drink 10,000 calories of butter every day for a year, <laughs> mm. you're going to gain fat. The good news is nobody ever does that. So We could try. <laughs> you, could, you could certainly try. But no, the, the calorie myth is really that energy balance supposedly works different than every other system in your body. For example, you don't have to think about regulating. It just does it. You don't need to think about vitamin C in and vitamin C out, but if you don't eat enough vitamin C, you get sick. Like the way your body works is it's, intends to maintain balance. That's what it does automatically. Your brain, your hypothalamus takes care of that for you as evidenced also by the fact that every other species on the planet doesn't seem to have an obesity problem and they're not smarter than we are. Yeah. So 
the brain is designed to keep you in balance, but the problem is, is that our brain and our hormones and our gut get broken when we eat non-food. So when we eat edible products, edible products are things you can't find directly in nature. And I try to take it one level deeper in the book because it's a great starting point to say, eat things found in nature, don't eat things not found in nature. But that is just a starting point, right? right? Tobacco is found directly in nature. That doesn't mean we should eat it, as is agave, which has twice as much fructose as high fructose corn syrup in it. So what we do in the book is we break down a second myth, which is that a calorie is just a calorie. And we show that there are four factors that differentiate calories from one another. I use the acronym SANE to abbreviate those four factors, which are satiety, how long a calorie fills you up and how quickly it fills you up. Aggression, the hormonal impact of the calories, nutrition, how many essential things it provides relative to non-essential things, and efficiency or how easily your body can store it as fat. So that when you break it down like that, you get this cool framework, which is I call the sane spectrum, where you've got sane foods on one end, insane foods on the other end of the spectrum, and then you just stack rank foods. Basically, the sanest foods in the world are non-starchy vegetables, followed by nutrient-dense proteins, followed by whole food fats, and followed by low-fructose fruits. And then grains and sugars and processed nonsense are way on the other end of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, uh, uh, you know, your, I guess, I never heard of it until I, I heard you say it. It's like nobody knew what a calorie was, and and but, you know, 50 years ago, and the, the thing that's that's correlated with the obesity and diabetes and all that <laughs> pandemic is the knowledge of what a calorie is. Knowledge is great in so many areas. It just does not matter in the calorie thing. And so the, the four pillars of the Simply Human lifestyle are eat like a human, move like a human, sleep like a human, and enjoy life like a human. And a lot of that is sort of this, uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Nassim Taleb's book, Anti-Fragile, um, but it's, it's a great one. Uh, but he, he has this idea of this via negativa. It's like taking things out is sometimes easier uh, than than figuring out what to do. And so it's like there are all these things that we added into the equation along, you know, like chronic cardio and processed foods and artificial light. And in, in that equation is the knowledge of a calorie. So uh, I, I love that. Uh, that idea. So Rick, were you, did I interrupt you? Were you about to say something? Well, I was just going to say, Jonathan, do you feel like, and I, I guess I say this with kind of a, a bit of a grain of salt because you're, you're, you're so busy. You're selling so many books. You're, you're, you're on everything. You're blowing up. So obviously it probably feels more like, you know, this is more of a mainstream idea in 2014 than it probably felt like in 2007, 2008. But why do you think there is a, a pushback from doctors in this particular facet because like you said you know we wouldn't be flying in an airplane that's 200 years old well in every other facet of life it seems like technology you know technological advancements rule the day and we're always climbing higher but it seems like from a nutrition standpoint there's just a, this this tendency from doctors to cling to this old outdated knowledge why do you think that is i think it's because the doctors were taught a certain mental model and until we can replace that one mental model, for example, of a, like a balance scale with a different mental model, I like to use a mental model of a sink, like it just doesn't compute. There's a, there's a core paradigm that needs to change. And, and generally, the approach we hear to 
nutrition is not that. It's like top 10 lists and little tips and tricks. And it, it just causes this cognitive dissonance in many physicians' minds. And to be clear, most physicians are not nutrition experts. They may have not even taken a class in nutrition. And it's not their fault. It's uh, That's just, just like you wouldn't say, oh, my... My mother, this is true, my mother is an English professor, so she is a teacher. That doesn't mean she's good at teaching calculus because there's different areas of specialty, right? So we, um, I don't think physicians mean to give bad information. I just think physicians have been not well served by the educational arena and that we're already seeing this change in the new generation of physicians. So if you look at physicians that are just like just minted physicians, physicians that are in their 30s, they have a much, 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 much different take on nutrition than say physicians in their 60s. So I think, it, I mean, this is a weird analogy, but, and hopefully this doesn't like offend anyone on the show, <laughs> but I live in Seattle. So like, for example, the, the Seattle young people perception of gay marriage and marijuana being legalized is very different than a <laughs> right. different generation. And there's really nothing those two generations can do to convince the other one. It's just, it's right. just like time will take care of it, I guess. Yeah. Gosh, that is such a good analogy. And let me take a brief uh, break here and say that you are the king of analogies. <laughs> Every single, and, and, and it's good because all these things you're dealing with, these concepts, can, can be kind of, you know, over my head, because I'm not exactly Science McGee over here, but that's another good thing for people who are, you know, looking at the, you know, the uh, the Amazon, like, oh, should I buy this book, should I not? You break it down, these, these, these complex, you know, concepts and break them down into easily digestible, <laughs> no pun intended, these easily digestible, like, uh, ideas for, for, you know, John and Jew, John, John and Jane Q citizen. So that's, it's terrific. You said John and Jew, there, there was, that was not a religious, uh, thing that was, he, that was a slip of the tongue. Um, yes, yeah. it was, my bad. And Jonathan, <laughs> I, I would ask maybe, uh, if I could possibly sort of maybe text you while I am in an argument with my wife, cause I'm always trying to come up with analogies for certain things to try to her to understand that I'm right. So I might, uh, uh, ask that that might be we'll talk about that later um okay so here's a question you're you, and i want you to we're going to do a little role playing here because I, I found myself in this uh in this in this role i guess the circumstance a couple weeks ago where i'm having a conversation with someone a ever a lean person and and we're talking about you know like the, the nutrition stuff and and it's like we're on the same wavelength you know fat is not the devil the, the right kinds of fat are not the devil grains and sugars you know insulin all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden she comes out with yeah you know but it's all it's all just about you know burning more than you eat that's what it boils down to boom then like what is your and and you're in someone's living room you don't have time to like pull out the powerpoint like what is your like elevator speech like two or three sentence debunking that you would have like said in that situation. This might blow your mind a little bit, Mark. I'm going to warn you a little bit. Okay, I'm ready. I I would. Here was my response to her. Punch What's her in her the name? face. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, we'll make up a name. Uh, Esther. Esther. <laughs> I would say, Esther, you're right, just in a different way. Let me explain what I'm saying. It is true that to lose fat, you have to burn more calories then you take in. The question is how that happens. Mm, okay. Does that happen because you are overriding your body, like starving it to death, or does it happen because your brain says, 
I'm not supposed to be this fat. I'm going to raise your base metabolic rate and suppress your appetite so that you effortlessly burn more than you consume. This is where people get hung up. It's not that calories in, calories out is an irrelevant equation. Right. It is a relevant equation. It's that the conscious manipulation of that equation is a futile effort. Right. Yeah, it's like it's that the brain will do it for you as it did for every person who ever lived <laughs> in the history of ever, <laughs> ever. If you just don't get in its way, right? Like to your point of like, just don't break your body. Your body isn't doesn't want to be heavy, overly heavy. That's why it's called overly heavy any more than it wants cancer. So it's like as long as you don't put carcinogenic things in your body, it's very difficult to get cancer. If you don't smoke, it's very hard to get lung cancer. If you don't eat the edible products that cause your brain hormones and gut to explode, it's very difficult to gain weight. In fact, in animal models, they couldn't make animals gain weight until they discovered what they call the cafeteria diet which is just low quality food. They would literally pump calories. They would just try to overfeed animals. And the animals are like, no, I'm going to stop eating because I don't want to be fat any more than I want to be sick or, or have cancer. Right. Yeah. And when, when I'm consulting with people, what I'll tell them is like it, all, the, all, the idea of all you can eat becomes a, a disaster when you add in foods that you're not designed to eat. Like when you're eating, when all you can eat buffet includes like the fried foods and polyunsaturated fats and the grains and sugars and desserts. Well, yeah, you're going to eat way too much because you, it's, it's, your body's not going to get, is not beginning getting what it needs in. If you're eating human food is what I, I like to say it. All you can eat becomes a healthy amount because you're going to stop eating and you're going to be full with a with a healthy number of you know calories, so is that you is that sort of you agree with that? That's exactly right. And if you want if you want to uh, sound more technical when you talk to people, what they demonstrate repeatedly in in clinical studies, and these are the interesting kind, not observational studies. These right. are when they control variables. Is they will change what people are eating. For example, they'll increase the relative number of of calories they're getting from protein. And in the research, it's called a spontaneous reduction of caloric intake. So people do eat less calories, but they're generally eating more food because satisfying foods have a higher volume and they're not hungry. So studies have shown that people imagine, imagine if you could take a pill. This is just to stick with me here for a second. Imagine you could take a pill that would make you feel as full but on a thousand fewer calories per day. Well, that pill is called non-starchy vegetables and nutrient-dense protein. Right. If you eat non-starchy vegetables and nutrient-dense protein, as well as whole food fats, studies show that you will become full on up to a thousand fewer calories per day. Not because you're not using those calories, but because your body is supplementing the calories you're taking in through your lips from calories that are already stored on your hips. Right. Okay, so, so Jonathan, what do you call uh, these whole food fats? Give us an example of, of some, because I think everyone knows probably what, you know, they can figure out what non-starchy vegetables are, but whole food fats, what does that include for you? Predominantly nuts and seeds. There are certainly some that are better than others, like avocados and uh, macadamia nuts and uh, flax seeds and chia seeds and uh, what else, cocoa, coconut, things like that. But the reason I say whole food fat is because there's a lot of talk of oil, and like eat coconut oil and coconut oil is is a fine oil to cook with but or to brush you know your teeth better with. than coconut oil 
coconut, coconut butter. butter like the whole food right <laughs> or like juicing <laughs> blend use the whole food right. <laughs> don't extract stuff from the food well jonathan i uh i'm a, f- a former collegiate football player not a, not not major college football but i i had some mass back in college and then i, I went through a period of uh, endurance training and endurance events and sort of eventually after about a decade broke myself and so now i'm sort of going back to the adding mass kind of deal but i but you said juice fasts i i would like to confess that i have done two 15-day juice fasts in my life and it was they were like i mean from like a spiritual perspective i guess if if you're going to do it for like the mental toughness thing cool but if anyone does anything like that for like other than like maybe 24 hours because every every sunday i eat a huge meal in like late afternoon and then I don't eat again for 24 hours and I never I don't I do like a 24 hour you know fast just an autophagy kind of deal but I don't ever get hungry and so like that kind of fast I think is okay but you know to do like a 15 day two weeks in a day of only drinking juice is just like I mean it's funny I've told the story before that on my 30th birthday I was mistaken for a cancer patient <laughs> and, and uh and like to, and like now like a few weeks ago I, I i was still work at the university that i played at and our quarterback has a beard and like like hair and now i i've grown out my beard and have like this shaggy hair now and i had my head down and uh this guy came up and he's like what's up jd and i was like oh, he just mistook me for the coolest kid in school like i've gone from like the cancer patient look-alike to the campus quarterback thank you very much so i'm like i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna avoid the juice fast <laughs> so anyway um rick um what else do you i know we had uh had a big list of questions here um i'm just I, intrigued at talking to someone who uh it's almost like you've decoded like the human like the human metabolic like function, and it's 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 an incredibly amazing to me. Uh, you can at least this doesn't work for me when I someone says eat this, don't eat that, eat this, don't eat that. I have to know the kind of the why, but at the same time, like I can't really understand the why in, in a lot of realms. So it just it, it kind of speaks to me the way that that, that you 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 boil things down in a, in a in a way that, that people can understand. And the, the other thing that's, that's interesting to me about the book is it's not just uh, the nutrition side of it because health and wellness isn't just about nutrition. You also need to exercise, but you have a very, uh, I'm going to say, unique uh, perspective on exercise and uh, something that we, we talked to uh, a, a lady a, a few, maybe a couple months ago, Eva T. She's a trainer. She was an alpine skier. And it kind of is the same basic principle. Why do 50 squats when 20 will give you the same benefit? Well, you almost take that to another level and say, hey, why exercise for, you know, you know, 10 hours a week when exercising this, you know, the, the minimal amount will do the, the exact same benefit. Can you kind of go into how you kind of came upon this concept of eccentric exercise? Same thing with eating. I, the, I guess the unique contribution I've made to this field is I tr- I, I'm an, actually an engineer by trade. That's what I, I'm a senior program manager at Microsoft. And so I just like to solve problems. I don't have an agenda, for example. And I don't mean agenda in a bad way. But, for example, the, the vegetarian community, like there is a, a belief that underrides 
their nutrition or over not uh, there's a belief backing what they say about nutrition for things other than biology even same thing with paleo this isn't a criticism it's just like the belief that what our ancestors did is 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 a is a belief it is it is not necessarily a, a scientific and an, a, a objective scientific perspective so when you just look at just the science and say what does the science say you get some very interesting implications so for exercise it's it's really really simple and that's first of all exercise is is goal specific if you want to become a triathlete you should not do what i recommend in the book because the book isn't written to help make you a better triathlete it's written to help resolve pre prevent and uh, cure the underlying causes of obesity and diabetes which are neurological uh, digestive as well as hormonal and the way you address those things via exercise is predominantly through hormonal change and the way you stimulate hormonal change through exercise is, is just physiology. And the physiology is you have four different types of muscle fibers. And the, the traditional form of exercise, high volume, low intensity, works at most one, maybe two types of those muscle fibers. Because we have different muscle fibers for different things. Just like, for example, no quantity of bicep curls will ever make your quadriceps or leg muscles stronger doing more jogging will never activate your type 2b muscle fibers it never ever will it can't it's physically impossible but it's in activating those muscle fibers specifically your type 2b and type 2x or the fast muscle twitch. fibers right, right that you stimulate a hormonal response growth hormone norepinephrine adrenaline I, uh, human uh, like uh, growth factor testosterone things like that which then are are curative to these underlying causes but now here's the wrinkle the only form of exercise that will ever activate all of your muscle fibers is a type of exercise that requires a massive amount of force and therefore requires a massive amount of energy. And just like you can't drive your car for 200 miles an hour, as long as you can drive your car for at two miles an hour, if you exercise with a huge amount of effort and you use a huge number of muscle fibers, you have to exercise less, not because you're lazy, but because it's physically impossible to do more. So ironically, you exercise less and get better results in this arena. Now, wow. that, that, I know we're coming up on time. There's a couple other things I want to get to. And when I was um, doing the endurance training thing, I guess the last couple of years, I started ch uh, testing blood sugar. And if I would have like, you know, an apple or some almond butter or something like at night, my blood sugar was always like high 90s, maybe in like the 100s, like kind of that danger range. And so I would just like, I just thought, you know, I'm just so insulin sense or resistant that I just can't handle it. Well, as I'm starting to put some mass back on and I'm getting my squat max back up, you know, over in like the 300 range and my bench is going back up and I'm doing shoulder press and cleans and I'm doing a lot of slow moving and a lot of like heavy lifting, for instance, and I'm just, I just discovered this today, like... I had an, uh, some carrots and almond butter last night at like 10 o'clock, which normally would have sent my blood sugar the, the next morning through the roof. It was 79 this morning. Is that because, like, have I made myself more insulin sensitive by adding on muscle mass and, and having some of these endocrine responses from the heavy lifting? Yes, absolutely. That's been demonstrated repeatedly in clinical studies where the, the benefit of, of insulin sensitivity, increasing that sensitization is, is huge. And, and one other thing I'll mention, which is maybe just a helpful analogy, which I think your audience will, will uh, appreciate as well as you guys, since you like my analogies, <laughs> is um, think of exercise a bit like medication. Exercise is, is therapeutic and can be therapeutic. And just like, for example, you, you could take baby aspirin 
all day, it does not equal the same as a little bit of morphine. Like a little bit of morphine will do things that no amount of baby aspirin ever could do right. ever. And it's not like you're weak or lazy because you only use a little bit of morphine. It's because it's <laughs> right. literally qualitatively different. different and that's, right. the, that's what the modern science really shows is that we've been fed these quantity myths, these calorie myths. Calorie is a measure of quantity and really long-term, sustainable, enjoyable health and fitness is about quality. The quality of the food we eat and the quality of the movement we engage in. Right. Wow. Uh, You're have... literally blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> literally blowing okay, I have one, one more real question and one fake question. The fake question is, Jonathan, will you be our Valentine? <laughs> jokes oh, my, 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 you, I, my wife beat you to it otherwise <laughs> i would have said yes of course yes very funny story my wife today asked my oldest son hey are you my valentine and he said no mama i am not a piece of paper <laughs> so he thinks the valentine is literally just the actual piece of paper oh, so. I, I got my two daughters uh, fake roses because they'll destroy them anyway and i got my wife some ice cream because she likes to indulge in that every now and then so i think i'm safe but anyway okay well, last question where can people find you and what do you have coming up uh in the future oh man we've got some really cool stuff coming up that's why I, i'm so sorry i had to reschedule this this show a few times but check out for now caloriemythbook.com again that's caloriemythbook.com and what we got coming up is really exciting we talked about mainstream challenges earlier well the the calorie myth is actually being used as the basis for a continuing education course that's accredited by the accrediting board for registered dietitians awesome. to provide continuing education credits for dietitians. And we're also working on just a, a, a awesome, we actually got the provisional patent on, cal so calories are the quantitative measure of food. We have a provisional patent on the qualitative oh, measure man. for food. Ooh. Awesome. And, and, and so implementing that, in, in various applications and software and licensing it out so that folks can start to say, like, this is the high-quality section of the grocery store, right. and this is the low-quality section of the grocery store. So, Well, that's awesome. And I'll link to all that in the show notes. I'll have your website, thebaylorgroup.com. And was it Calorie Myth Book or The Calorie Myth Book? Either one works. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, and really, it is 4.30 on the nose, and we want to respect your time. Jonathan, I cannot express to you how grateful we are, that, that how hard you tried to reschedule, and you did not have to do that. Absolutely a pleasure. And next time you have something coming up, or want to, we'd love to have you back on um, and uh, on the Simply Human podcast. And uh, thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure, guys. And, and please tag me and let me know when it's up and we'll reshare and it'll be glorious. Cool. I'm actually uh, going to have everything ready to go. I'm going to uh, produce it and release it here in like the next 30 minutes. So <laughs> awesome. Love it. You're Thank welcome. you guys so much. Right. Happy Valentine's Day. You too. We'll talk hey. to you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for your time. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Much, much gratitude and thanks to Jonathan Baylor. Uh, it's a big deal to have him on because for people that don't understand, that guy's blowing up. His book is on the New York Times bestseller list. Everyone's reading it. Well, yeah. Not everyone, obviously, everyone but like world. tons of people are reading it. He's on every freaking channel, every show. Like He is an important guy, so it's really awesome to have him on. And, He's and a he very important guy, and I read his book cover to cover in about a day and a half and it was really awesome and if it goes from me saying here's Jonathan to thank you Jonathan with nothing <laughs> in between that means that Jonathan um, 
uh, we've had to reschedule like three times, and I'm just hoping, I'm praying that when we reschedule for tomorrow, which was yesterday, (laughs) when you're listening to this. Oh gosh, now you're... Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm just hoping that it works out and we can get him and we don't have any technical difficulties. Otherwise, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. But, um, so, you can find him online at uh, thesmarterscienceofslim.com. His book is on Amazon, The Calorie Myth. You can find him at thebaylorgroup.com. I'll have all that linked in the show notes. Uh, So, great, great thanks to Jonathan Baylor. Uh, Now it is time for the Humans Being Human segment. And uh, this is a story that, Rick, you may know this story. And the theme is, I was gonna say I know most stories yeah. about you, but like I, I like to hear new ones. Yeah, and this and, and if you've heard this one, you can just kind of go along with it. But the okay. the theme of this is really just don't just be careful what you say and don't be a jerk. It's it kind of like it's kind of goes along that same vein of like if you see a woman that has kind of a pooch belly, don't just be like, hey, when when do you do? Or when's the baby do? Like, just be careful with your words. And so this story takes place in the year 1998. I was a senior in high school, okay? And, you know, I was a football player's jock, and it just was Mr. Cool Man. Like, you know, you just you just think, you, you just, like, those high school football players are like, most of, a lot of them are good kids. Most of them are like way too jerkish for their age group. Us, us nerds will agree <laughs> with you yes. on that. The nerds will retire to the nerdery with our calculators. <laughs> what movie? What movie? Uh, Tommy Boy. Very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah, I was, was going to be very mad if you didn't get that. Okay. So I was working at my dad's bakery. And he was not there, and it was, you know, at that time, I could basically run the show when he wasn't there, and we had just hired a new girl. She was a classmate of mine. She played basketball, but she, we weren't like, we didn't hang out. We weren't really friends. I just, I, we had a couple of classes together. She was really, what I remember about her is like, she was almost like painfully shy, well, and it's important for people to know, like, you and I both, we went to different high schools, but we went to enormous, massive high schools. Yeah. So for people to be like, oh, somebody in your class that you didn't know, that doesn't make any sense. No, there was yeah. like 1,500 people yeah, like, there were, in yeah, there each of our classes. Yeah, so. that's, yeah 1,700 in my graduating class. So Yeah. And, and so I just, she was a nice girl, just, I mean, like what I said, painfully shy, would, would never talk, never raised her hand. Great athlete. I mean, she played basketball. She was tall and, and very athletic. And, and um, so it, like all morning for like two, three hours, I'm just trying to, to, have a conversation with this girl. It's just me and her, and I'm very outgoing, obviously, and and gregarious, and uh, and just trying to get her to talk, finding some sort of common ground that we can talk about. You know, like it's just there just wasn't much, and I was just really struggling trying to find something to make her laugh or tell her a funny story or you know just some some sort of conversation. It's kind of hard because you got customers, and you know how it is. Like you go yeah. out, and you come back, and you, you can't really get into like a conversation because it might get interrupted. And you, it, so anyway, so all morning it's just this hellacious trying to talk to this girl. And there was a slow time. We were sitting at the at the table right behind like the the display, and you know, I mean, you can picture this. And we were we were rolling sausage rolls. I'll never I'll never forget what we were doing because this was one of the most memorable moments of my life. And this, it was this very slow time, like I said, and this woman and a little boy came in and, and she was like real nice to us. Like she was waving back. How's it going? How are y'all doing back there? And I'd never seen her before. And you know, I said, Oh, it's great. Thanks. After we waited on her or after I waited on her, she's, she stayed and was eating there with a little boy and she was, and, and keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a 
jerk high school kid, okay? I, this is not, I could have just made up, said this was happened to someone else, but I didn't do that. This woman was portly. Is that a good, I mean, she, <laughs> she was big boned. Oh okay. my gosh, I know where this is going. And she and she had like you could see it from I noticed it when I was waiting on her out front, but you could still see even like when she was sitting out at the table and I was in the back with I, I don't even remember the girl's name. You could see like she had a little like mustache kind of thing going on. Okay? <laughs> I mean, no, nothing nothing like crazy, but it was it was it was very obvious. It wasn't like Hey, did you notice the zit? No, I didn't see you had a zit. I mean, it was like she kind of had a little bit of growth going, right? And the little boy is really nice boy. And they they stayed out there, and she would say stuff back to us. How's the you know talk about the weather? Nothing really, you know, substantial. And I was just I was like, you know, looking for something to to talk to this girl about. So as soon as the like the door shut when they left, I looked up at this girl and I said. Oh, I can't even like say it. it it's, I have, I've had nightmares. And this is an epic. My brothers love the story. I said, nice fat lady with the mustache. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm obviously a horrible, horrible thing to say. But, I, but, I, <laughs> but I'm trying to like, you know, get a rise out of this girl, like, like, you know, come up out of the, out of your zone and let's, and let's laugh, right? She looks up at me and her bottom lip starts quivering. And I said, and I was like, what? Oh, is that your mom or something? And she nodded her head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean like I immediately feel like the blood rush to my head and and like I didn't I didn't want to believe it. I thought she I, my initial thought was she's she's playing a joke on me now like you know she's just trying to like teach me a lesson like don't say you know mean things and I was like oh yeah right I'm that that was your little brother too and she was like it was <laughs> It was her mom and her little brother. And like, and, and like, as I'm like, is it all starts like crashing down on me? I'm thinking, well, of course, this woman, she's like, oh, I'm going to see my daughter at work. I'm not going to like be the mom. You know, like she, she could have said like, oh, hi, I'm Darlene. I'm such and such as mom, you know, like. Gone back there and taken pictures yeah, of her something. and all that something. But that would have, that would have like been very, you know, this girl was very shy. I bet the mom was very shy and didn't want to do that. So it all started like making sense. And like this girl even had some like, she didn't have a mustache, but she had like, <laughs> she was a, you know, she had like, like hair in her arms kind of thing, you know, like nothing like gross or anything, but it, it all started like making sense. They had the same skin complexion. And this was like at, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock. So we had another like three hours, just me and her. At, like working and like she wouldn't I mean like another I don't think we said another word to each other the rest of the time and she only worked there for like another week I was gonna say did she quit like, yeah that day? It, yeah and it was it was pretty soon after but so like if, from that point on that has taught me if I see if like if I'm over at someone's house and there's like a funny picture of someone like up on the you know like a bitter beer face person like up on the refrigerator or something crazy I'm not just like oh, who's that I'm like oh is this an uncle or a uh, who you know and then they're like, no, this is like the bitter beer face guy. Like, <laughs> but I just, I'm so 
like paranoid now that and and oh the the nice fat lady with the mustache story is one that the best part is oh. me imagining and i can imagine you saying it like all like cocky kind of like head waggling from yeah. side to side like <laughs> i've got something hilarious to say nice fat lady with a mustache <laughs> Like, uh, like I've like nothing obviously as funny as that, but somewhat similar, like, uh, you know, driving somewhere like to the grocery store and somebody cuts me off and I'm like blaring my horn and flipping them off. And then like, uh, we pull into spaces like exactly next to each other. (laughs) We all walk in like, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm the guy that gave you the finger like 15 seconds ago. Yeah. That's Uh, why, (laughs) that's why I don't do anything like that either. Yeah, um, I've learned the yeah. the hard way on that one a couple times. So th- that'll that'll lead us right into our uh, simply human tip of the week, which is something you can start doing right now to be a more healthy human, and it is treat other humans <laughs> like you want to be treated. And uh, <laughs> that kind of goes along with uh, you know it, if you wouldn't want someone saying like that about your mom, and even if that wasn't her mom, that's just a, that's just an an awful thing to say about. About anyone, you know. Yeah. So, so if you wouldn't want someone saying, "Hey, nice fat lady with a mustache," to you, then you shouldn't say that about anyone, regardless of, of you know, because it's probably it may be somebody's mom. You know, it's somebody's daughter. If for the for you know, someone everyone had to come from somewhere. But so doing this is a great rule of thumb. It's also a great way to keep stress levels low. Like when you're driving, if if you know if somebody cuts you off. Give them the benefit of the doubt, and your your stress remains low. You might even get a kick out of doing something nice for someone for no reason. And speaking of simply human, altruism is very human, is it because really humans are the only sort of animals in nature that that do that that can do something for someone and not like get anything out of it. Sure. Uh, well, not, I mean, it, you do get something out of it. You get a nice feeling of satisfaction. Right. But, right. You know, we're all. We're all members of the human community. The more we can look out for each other and the more we can treat each other with respect. And I think more than anything, like cut people slack, give people the benefit of the doubt. Like if, if people would just do more of that and less of like traffic drives me crazy, not because it makes me mad, but because like I'm trying to get over in one lane and somebody, you know, oh no, you can't get in this lane. This is my lane. And I'm like, man, who? it's all of our lanes, you know, bro? Like, why don't we just hug it out and have some flowers? Like, it's not just your... So, you know, the more everyone can kind of get along that way, the easier everyone's life is going to be. Right. Yes. And uh, that good good tip of the week. And just, you know, try to do something maybe today that this is sort of like a surprise it's on, it's for someone. Something just sort of for no reason. Just Just be nice to someone. Okay, good. let's see. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. I am trying to find... Okay. So I guess uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for being one of our many tens of listeners. And Halen is now uh, putting something in front of my face where I cannot read the computer. It is a pick a drawing of a green and pink colored yellow drawing. Very pretty on this Valentine's Day. Um, you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel. We actually have some videos on YouTube. You had a couple of hilarious food eating videos, and I put one of the snowman that my kids and I made. Uh, so we're looking forward to more of those videos, Rick. I'm going to keep my new food because there's so many new foods I have to eat. I'm going to keep going with that, and, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some that I don't 
automatically like recluse into like a vomit face with. Hopefully, there's going to be some that I'm like, oh, this is a this is a delicious uh, item right here. Well, and like I said, like I don't ever eat just raw mushrooms. I either like I'll saute them or, or put you know some sort of like a olive oil or something on them. So yeah, so and like with the asparagus is you know. You, you can do things with asparagus to make it better. Wrap it in bacon is one of the things you can do. We uh, actually, I had asparagus voluntarily a couple days right. after that with our steak. I sent you a picture. To yes, it. you it did. Good. You did. Uh, and uh, the Simply Human Kids page is there as well. SimplyHumanLifestyle.com. If you want to contact us, you can go to the contact uh, tab and fill out the form there, or you can email me at SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at SimplyHumanRick at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. Please leave a review, good or bad. Uh, Tuan, we mentioned you earlier in the show. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Really appreciate the five star review we've gotten, and it is our first legitimate review. And coming up next time on episode 21, we have prolific and very well known podcaster Evan Brand, who is the uh, creator of the Not Just Paleo podcast, which is, goes in and out of the top 25. And we are just super thrilled. Uh, to have him on tap for next week. So, I guess uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. Rick, any farting, farting thoughts? Nice fat lady with the mustache. <laughs> and remember, as she nodded her head. <laughs> so, until next time, enjoy yourself.